Thank you, Lord God, Holy One of Israel, Mighty God, Creator, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We thank you that your will be done, O God, on this earth, even as we see the culmination of centuries and generations and ages of wickedness and idolatry and perversion. We thank you, Lord God, for keeping us as the apple of your eye. Protect us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, which is our righteousness, which is our truth. You said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And obviously, Lord God, not many people are in the truth these days because there's not much freedom going on anywhere. So we give you praise for your word because it's true. It is going to bring forth as you said your word, you sent your word, and it's going to bring forth what you declare it will send and bring forth, Father. So it's a done deal. We thank you, Lord, for the power. You said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. To bind, to loose, to forgive, uh, to heal, to even raise the dead. So we thank you, Father, that these things are not sorcery. They're not magic. They're miracles. They're promises. They're confirmations of your word. And so we thank you again for the divine promise that that. Uh, You've promised to keep us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you are faithful to complete the work you've begun in us, Lord God. And we thank you now, we praise you, God, for your goodness, for the power of your Holy Spirit to even stir us up, Lord God, stir us up to get out of our lethargy and out of our divination and deception and, and complacency, Father God, that we may speak as the oracles of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, just before we get started today on our really super fun subject called the spirit of divination, which is a kind of a interesting one, I want to talk to you about cravings for a minute. Cravings is the book I wrote several years ago. Why do I do uh, what I don't want to do? Why? Like Paul, Romans chapter 7. He was caught doing things he didn't want to do. Cravings, addictions, trying to stop what you can't quit, trying to quit what you can't stop. It's a torture rack. And a lot of people are t- caught on that torture rack and, and it, it, they give up. Uh, they get exhausted. They get overwhelmed and overcome by the very things that they're trying to fight and resist. But we have to know that the work was already finished by Jesus Christ on the cross. I am, you know, uh, set free through the light of God's love and truth and power, the blood of Jesus. He paid the price. The death of Jesus Christ, you know, was the payment that was demanded, that was needed to release us from the bondages and the illegal uh, constraints and grips Satan had on us. So, Cravings. It's it's really a a book not just about addictions to alcohol or chemicals. It's about our uh, struggle with what whatever else over overtakes us. Cravings uh, for food or in relationships or even things like being bullied. I mean, we're caught in so many things that we don't know how to get out of. And so we put together our little legalistic treatment centers and our ten steps and our you know all our groups and 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 suggestions. But really, the truth is you're trying to fix something that's not broken in a way. Like Watchman Nee said, you're trying to get into a room. Christians are trying to get into a room they're already sitting in. We don't realize that we've already been set free. You say, well, I don't feel free and my life is a mess. Well, that's because you're listening to the lies and looking at the symptoms and the circumstances and not believing what God said. And this takes a lot of courage to believe what God says 
in the midst of what it feels like and what it looks like. So cravings. Um, why do I do the things I don't want to do? On our website, liferecovery.com. Check it out. I'm sure most all of us are you are, are like us. Everybody is in this thing. We're all in the midst of a crazy uh, avalanche, tsunami of spiritual warfare. And so cravings. Why do I do what I do not want to do? God bless you for checking it out. Okay, today we're talking about the spirit of divination. Yeah. Divin- and what exactly is that? We find that this spirit mm-hmm. is prevalent all mm-hmm. through the world today. It's prevalent in the church. Mm-hmm. It's prevalent uh, in, in our nation and pre- prevalent in our in the political systems, all that. What? But how, what is it? What is the spirit of divination? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a clever one because it is, like you said, exactly. It is pervasive. It's, it's trying to make the lie look like the truth and the truth look like the, look like the lie. It's trying to make good evil and evil good. It's, it's, and it comes upon people who have chosen to, go, go, to, to call the lie the truth and the truth the lie. But we can see from what Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Not many people are free. They're afraid. They're looking for safety. They're anxious. They're overwhelmed. They're addicted. They're sad, scared, and they're definitely not free. The primary spirit of the last days is the spirit of deception. Yeah. That mm-hmm. Jesus warned. He said, what's it going to be like in the last days? Mm-hmm. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. And and he repeats that. And he talks about false prophets. Right. Uh, people. Now, we think of false prophet as somebody that's just an off the wall in some cult somewhere, some yeah. religious cult. But what about our uh, education ministers? What about our theological uh, seminaries? The, uh, our seminaries. What about our politicians? What about our media? What about in the false middle of the churches? Prophets, the false prophets false that come prophets. wearing sheep's clothing. He said, inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. Paul yeah, talked about look, that. Jesus they, talked about that. They look like sheep, but they're wolves, and, so wolves here's, inside. They might sound good, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but by their fruits. Jesus said in Matthew 7, yeah. 15, you, this is the test of whether you're up against the spirit of divination, deception, by its fruit. And a lot of times they say, well, I haven't seen the fruit yet. Well, just watch. You'll see it. And, and God's spirit will bear witness with your spirit, too, that you'll feel a sense of irritation or annoyance when you're in this presence of this spirit. Something just doesn't click, set right with you. The fruit doesn't show up right away. Right. So that's why people are deceived. They think, oh, man, this, everything. Well, that's the, the point. This, this man is the great power that, of God. The whole point is to make you, is to deceive you. Now, I said to the Lord, if I, I've worked with this spirit for a while. I remember the first time I ran into it, um, I was new in the counseling and I was in the in the conference room counseling someone. I don't a woman. I don't remember who or what her issue was, but I I became so annoyed with her that I just left and went to the bathroom. I said, "I'll be right back." And in the bathroom, I said, "God, I am so annoyed right now." And you know, I, I'm not the kind of person that just gets up and annoyed with something for no reason. I mean, I'd never noticed it before. And he said, "Because you are in the presence of a spirit of divination," I said, "Well, what is that?" And he says, it's something that's trying to make you believe something that's not true by making it look like something it is not. And then I said, well, okay, what does that look like? He says, think about it this way. This is my example he gave me. I have a beautiful comforter on our bed. It's beautiful. It's got gold threads and it's just beautiful. But he says, if you put underneath that comforter, you you lifted it up and underneath were worms and snakes and uh, garter snakes and scorpions and spiders and mice and filth and living things that are just beyond gross and freaky and scary and icky and yucky you but you cover the comforter over that stuff you don't see that stuff you think you've got a beautiful bed made up and it's full of you know 
luxury and beauty and whatever. But underneath, it is full of this, this wicked filth. He said, that's what the spirit of divination does. And she is everywhere, um, you know, working all over America. She's at the right, she's right at the top right now, divination, because everything out there is a, a narrative, a, a false narrative, trying to make you believe something that as true, that is not true. And nobody basically does their homework. They're too tired, too lazy, don't care, easier to die. They don't eat right. They don't want to, you know, press in to do the research. And so they just believe the lie. And so when you do that, you're going to see what you're getting is what you're getting. You're dying. You're, you're buying into things that are not true. So Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. But let's go back for a second to see where this thing actually came from. Um, I think we have to start with... Um, you know, the practices of idolatry, worshiping idols, believing lies, greed, control, power, witchcraft everywhere, manipulation, false accusation, manipulation to try to get people in trouble who are, didn't do anything wrong. You're trying to put the sin that you committed on them and accuse them of it so that you can raise up a riot against them like they did in Acts 16 with Paul. Um, but let's go back to what happened, where this all went wrong in Romans um, chapter 1. I, Jerry, you want to read some of that? You know where we're talking about? Yeah, Romans chapter 1. Well, here, here's, the, here's basically the, the long slide downward, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with uh, 18. Yeah. Uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So there's a suppression of the truth. Deliberate. Don't let the truth come out. This is what it is today. People get, you know, taken off media platforms and stuff because there, if you too much truth, we got to suppress it. Mm -hmm. You're going to get censored and everything like that. Um, Verse 19: Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Okay, so there's a revelation of God. For the since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So there is a revelation of God through the creation because they, although they knew God, mm-hmm. there was a time mm-hmm. going back historically in the human race, they knew God, but, however, they did not glorify him as God, nor right. were thankful. They were un, in, ungrateful. They became futile in their thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they became you know empty thoughts, wasteful, distracted vain. thoughts, wasteful, vain mm-hmm. thoughts, mm-hmm. and their foolish hearts were darkened. So this is, you, you, you're coming, not glorifying God, not thankful, vain thoughts, not worshiping hearts him as a creator, darkened, right? Hearts yeah, were so darkened, that, foolish, the, foolishness. It happens. Foolishness, and their hearts were darkened. Okay. And professing to be wise, they became fools. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, we know this. We've got we're edu- educated. We're educated. We've got more degrees than our thermometer after our name and everything. Um, then, and change the glory, or one translation says, exchange the glory of the incorruptible God mm-hmm. into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping so things. So they started worshiping creatures and, and creepy things and put those in, you know, made them in gold uh, idols and worshipped and fell down and worshipped them. Yeah, and, and you see that in other lands and you see it in America in, old, you know, in different ways. Yeah. We, we, measure, worship, we worship the work of our hands. We worship one hands. another. We worship public opinion. We worship 
uh, prestige. We worship worship all money, wealth, prestige. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Therefore, God also gave them up so to uncleanness. So yeah. they gave up God. God says, "Okay, you you want to go that way? I'll let you, go. let you go. I'll yeah. let you go to what uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts, their desires of their hearts, and it to, led to." Dishonoring, dishonoring their bodies among themselves. Which we have now. You know, sexual immorality of all kinds. Yeah. Who oh. exchange the, the truth of God for the lie. So we don't want the truth anymore. We don't ha- we can't handle it. This we was don't a gradual it. We exchange. don't even yeah. know mm-hmm. what the truth is anymore. Unless we're reading the word of God correctly. And worship rightly. and serve the creator's creature rather than the creator. So fear of man rather than fear, fear of, man of God. Serving mm-hmm. other people rather than the Lord. Creator, so, who, creator who is blessed forever and ever. Now here, but, it, the 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 real the skid keeps going mm-hmm. faster and faster. For this reason, God gave them up. So God gave them up to uncleanness. God gave them up to vile passions. Mm-hmm. For even their women exchanged a natural use for what is against nature. Killing their own babies. Yeah. Being well, okay with it. Being proud of it. Yeah. Lesbianism, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Gay lifestyle, which mm-hmm. is a horrible. This is another thing, gay. It's not nothing gay. gay That's used divination. To, gay that, used, there, there's gay a good example. U, gay used to be mean, happy, and yeah. free, and, and whole. Now it means Satan, perversion, Satan abomination. changes the words, but, but he cha- changes the word to cover up. It's the quilt. It's the comforter. Mm-hmm. Gay. They're not gay. They're sad and, and, and very sad and yeah. trapped. Yeah. And um, likewise, likewise the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust to one another. Men w- with men committing what is shameful. Um, male homosexuality. Yeah. Um, sodomy. And receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was meat. You know, there's, you know, among gays and transgenders, there's a tremendous high suicide rate. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. they're receiving in themselves not, yeah, the penalty not the of their error, which was due. Well, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, we don't even want to think about God. Yeah, God. The, God gave them over to a debased mind. So this is where we are. To God do those things which are not fitting. He gave us up to uncleanness, vile passions, and a debased mind. Now that's that's where we're, you know, we're in that, that skid, like you said, going down. Um, and, and so then... Uh, and, and right now, we're going to walk this through a little bit more, going into the book of Acts. So Acts chapter 16. The, the church gets, no, we're not going there. First go to 8. Oh, eight, we'll nine. go to 8 Simon first. the sorcerer, yeah. Yeah, okay. A lot of people don't know Simon. about that one. But, um, you know, he, here's the problem. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We have, to, we have to stop and say, you know what? The foundation here, we can't build a brand new house on this foundation. It's crumbled. It's rotten. It's full of... Mold. It's, it's deter- We can't lay a, a, a foundation on a rotten, crumbling bunch of lies. And I think this is the problem. People are just, oh, it's too much work. Oh, it's too much work. I can't, you know, let's just keep on going. We're okay. You know, we'll do this. We'll go along with it. And But you know what? It's going to lead to absolute death. And for some people, damnation. And Pray to God that that's not you or your loved ones. But anyway, it, here's how the story goes in, in so, uh, Acts 8, chapter, 9. Uh, well, yeah. It start talks about, nine. Okay, we started at verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery. Okay, this is magic arts, mm-hmm. probably involved For with drugs. For the point of drugs, de- magic tricks to deceive people, delusions. Smoke and mirrors yeah. mm-hmm. in, yep. in the city and astonished the people of Samaria. Ah, oh, 
claiming that he was someone great. Now, now think of that too, even in the Christian realm. Oh yeah. Uh, astonishing! Wow, look at this! What a great man of God! Mm-hmm. What a ministry! Mm-hmm. Whoa, my the lights. And the I smoke, believe we should mirrors, honor the... honor true ministries, but of then God, we, then yeah. we get a little ditzy about this. Oh, there's this guy as somebody great. Praise him as somebody to whom yeah. they all gave heed. Oh, yeah. have you heard? Have you heard what what Simon is saying? This is not Simon from Peter. From the greatest no, this even is Simon to the least. The sorcerer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is popularity. They they're listening. You got to hear. His, and they were claiming this. You got to hear, this hear man his is the program. Power of God. This is the this is. A you got to hear his radio program. You mm-hmm. got to watch him on on TV on the internet or whatever. So they. This man him. is the great power of God. Yep. So they're like, whoa, look at this, and they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries. For a long, long time, time, a long time. So it looks like, man, this is seems to be good fruit. Right? And then Philip came preaching, and Simon himself also believed. Verse thirteen, he got, he figured, he, you know, he believed. And when he was baptized, that's in water, he continued with Philip, and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs that were done. Now these are the real signs, the, the real, real ones, no the ma- real magic, ones. the mir- the miracles. And he was amazed. So he saw there was there's the real. He said, "Oh man, this is this is better than I ever did." Yeah, because he knew what he was doing was folk, phony and fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they came down, and, and then uh, Peter came down, and John, and they prayed, and they all got received the Holy Spirit. Then Simon was even more uh, taken up. He says, um, "They laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit." And now, when Simon, verse eighteen saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands will receive the Holy Spirit. So what's this going to do? If he can do this, he's going to have a great following for himself. All these people filled with the Holy Spirit are going to be mesmerized by his great holiness, by his great spiritual power. But Peter, blunt as he was, said to him, your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with with money. Um, and this, the your money perish with you. Basically, what that's saying is Peter's saying your money go to hell with you. Right, because you're you're making something purchasable which is not earnable, and that's exactly what we do in the church. We try to buy it. We try to work our way through. We work our way to the top. We get the degree, the education. We get the ordination. We get the license. We're not against that stuff, but the thing is. You can't buy a gift. And the gift of salvation, if it's something you earn or something you buy, then it's wages. It's not a gift. And God says salvation is a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. Healing is a gift. So many people are trying to earn it by being good enough or trying, 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 harder, harder, harder to to earn or, or be eligible to receive what already has been given them as a gift. And all the, these gifts of the, all the gifts of the spirit, the powerful, miraculous gifts of the spirit are gifts. Are gifts. They're not to glorify you and I. They're there to glorify Jesus. And, and but, but see, here's the thing. Peter is making this distinction. He's saying, you can't buy this. If you buy this, this is wages that God owes you. You can't buy this. He says, what's, what's wrong with you? You miss in the hope, and we miss the point. We make it all about works and purchasing and legalism, and uh, and and he says um, your heart is not right in the sight of God. Um, you have neither portion in this matter. You have neither part nor portion in this matter because your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent. What? Change your mind. Stop believing the lie. Therefore, of this your wickedness. And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. So he was into divination. 
and he was into tricks, smokes, and uh, smoke and mirrors. Um, he, he says, Peter says, for I see that you are poisoned by the by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Woe and woe. He's saved. He accepted Jesus, and he's still bound in bitterness and poisoned with iniquity. Give give it up, people. There are lots of Christians out there that are practicing witchcraft. They're practicing manipulating, controlling, trying to uh, bully one another into this and that, thinking they're doing God a service, thinking they're, they're this is for God. It, it, and anyway, so so this sorcerer uh, Simon was confronted by the real Simon Peter, who said, "This is a bunch of you can fill in the blank right there. I won't say it." But so you're seeing that the, the church is confronting this, this uncleanness, this, mis, this uh, sorcery, this witchcraft in the midst of even the people who are coming in. And this is where we are today. And we don't call this stuff out. We well, do Peter, not. Peter called it out. Yeah, he did. See, but, the people were so, still mesmerized. But we it. don't recognize it to call it out. That's our problem. Because Right, right. And who's <clears> going to, you know, you're going to call it out. You're going to get criticized. You're going to get well, attacked. Here, well, let's, let's go to... Um, Acts 16, where Paul yeah. called it out, 1616, and that's a very common uh, passage, Acts 1616, where we know the story. I'll read it, okay? Now right. it happened as we went to prayer, on the way to a prayer meeting, that a slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, okay, who brought her master's much profit by fortune-telling. So they were, you know, probably predicting, predicting, predicting the market. You know, where, where's the Dow going to be? Where's the... Uh, anyway, people were coming for anyway. this hidden knowledge. They wanted to know ahead of time the future. And this is forbidden knowledge. And that's why it's hidden. But anyway, This girl followed Paul and us. No, this is Luke. Okay. And the, the writer of the Gospel of, uh, of the Book of Acts and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of truth. You know, is this true? Yes. They are the men of the Most High God. They proclaim to us the way of truth. The salvation. And this she did, the way of salvation. Yes. So this is true, but this was a confession of a spirit of divination. Right. And it's like flattery. Oh, these are the men of the Most Look at this but great Paul. one here. And then he, this she did for many, many days. days. And Paul she being came, greatly pale, annoyed, annoyed, turned and, and said, said to, to the, the, spirit. the spirit, not to the girl, but to the spirit, mm -hmm. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Okay, so let's go back for a second and look at this a little more quickly, closely. You said it kind of already, that she was saying the truth. She was saying, these are the men of the Most High God who bring us the way of salvation. There was nothing wrong with that. And that is the truth Satan uses to cover the lie. And, and so that's why there's an annoyance because you can't quite figure out what's really going on. Because she was sitting in the meeting, interrupting these people, interrupting the truth, interrupting Paul, and, and declaring these things that were true but, but confusing because they were saying, well, well okay, well, we know she still practices sorcery and fortune telling on the weekend. So... Is Paul into that too now? Is he okay with that? And that's the problem. It becomes, is is are you okay with that? Because they're they're doing this to you. I can remember, I said, Lord, I don't quite get this back in the day. <clears throat> he said to me, well, how would you like the chief psychics, or the chief psychic, let's just even say, in Minneapolis, who's well known as the chief psychic, 
begin to pass out your life recovery business cards. How would you like that? What would that do for you? Well, people who receive that card, what would they think? They wouldn't know what to think. Oh, is Margie Cole now with, uh, with uh, the psychics? Is she one of them? And, and, and that's what it was happening with Paul. This girl was passing out his business card by promoting him, you know, doing PR for him. And I've had clients who've come through my ministry and they still haven't been delivered from everything. And they go with their spirit of divination. They go out and say, oh, oh yeah, I come from, oh, Margie Cole ministry to me. And you know what? And they're still practicing divination. How does that make me uh, uh, think uh, people are going to, what they're going to think and say? But it doesn't matter what they think, but what they need to know is the truth. So Paul was annoyed. This is what happened to me in that bathroom. I got annoyed and I realized that's that, that's a telltale sign. If you are getting annoyed and you're not a typically annoyed person, um, not easily irritated, and this just something under your skin just bugs you because how do you fix this? How do you come against what looks to be the truth when it's actually a lie? And this is what's happening in America. How do you come against these people who are so wicked, so corrupt, so of debased mind, so deprived, depraved, that they don't even see it anymore themselves? And they're, they're promoting this lie and people are just swallowing it look, hook, line, and sinker. But then we have to go to Romans chapter 11 where Paul kind of puts, you know, puts some more information, more understanding to this whole thing when he says he's talking in 11 of Romans about did God cast away his people? Paul says, certainly not. I'm also an, Israel of, uh, an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, blah, blah, blah. God did not cast away his people, but he says, um, verse 5, but even to this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So he's saying um, the people who were presented the gospel, the, the, the children of God, the Hebrews, they were so set in their religious legalistic traditions, the Old Testament, which was good for then, but they couldn't, they weren't able to be pried out of it to say, oh, oh, okay, we got a new deal now. It's called grace. So they were really stuck in the, the, crossfire of trying to figure out what was going on. So Paul says in Romans 5, 11, 5, even to this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. Some were getting it. A few were getting it. And if it's by grace, if the election is by grace, then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace because grace is freely given. Grace is a gift. Grace cannot be earned. But if it is of works, if it can be earned, if this <clears throat> election uh, is can be earned, then it's not grace. So he says it's either one or the other. You're either into grace or works. But the church nowadays, the counterfeit church, the, the lookalikes have all mixed grace with law. And here's what happens. It says, um, what then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. They were set free. They brought, were brought into grace and good news. They were fine. They loved the Lord. They knew what to do. God said, go preach the gospel. And they said, well, I'm not perfect yet. God says, that's okay. I got that. Just go preach the gospel. But the elective obtained it. The other, the rest were hardened. So when you come to people now and they have a spirit of divination that's been working on them, they're hardened. They don't want to receive the truth. They see you as an, a, an enemy. It says, and here's the deal. Verse eight, just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, ears that they sh- and ears that they should not hear, to this very day. So their hearts are hardened. They're, and it says in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, you're of a rebellious house, having eyes they do not see, having ears they do not hear. The rebellion is part of the divination witchcraft uh, stronghold. And so they, they get mad at you when you tell them the truth. They don't want to hear it. They want to do what they want to do. They want- so, so, there, so there's two, right, so there's two parts. There's an annoyance mm-hmm. that we would have 
with that spirit of divination. And there's a hardness. And then there's a hardness on them. And there's an anger for those right. when the truth comes, they reject it and they get mad at you. So the spirit of stupor, you say, well, why would God do that? Why would God, you know, you know, give them over to a debased mind? Why would God uh, give them a, a, a spirit of stupor? That seems like that's something from the enemy's camp. Why would God promote that? Why would God want his people to be put underneath that? Um, well, it's because he has to, because Satan would come to God and say, you know, the rule God, the rule is Romans 616, whom they yield themselves servants to obey. That's who slave they become. And they are not listening to you. They are listening to me. They have bought my narrative. They have bought my line. They worship one another. They have rejected you. Just like I said, they would, I got them. And now I have to, you have to let me put a spirit of stupor on them. So God is permitting what we have, we have chosen. It's our free will that has been tricked and deceived by Satan who's lured us, fished us out of the water with his hooks and lures and, and caught us and thrown us in his frying pan. But so now we are in the spirit of stupor and a trance. And what else happens? When people can't see the truth, they can't figure their way out of it, they get addicted, they get trapped. Satan is now moving in for the kill. And so he says, let their table, David says, let their table become a snare. This is in Romans, uh, continuing in 11. Their table become a snare and a trap. What does that mean? A stumbling block and a recompense. So the tables are going to become a stumbling block and a place of getting even or a place of recompense. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their backs always. In other, the uh, Old Testament version, their well-being is going to be uh, snared by the law. They're going to become afraid. They're going to, their loins are going to shake continually. So it's anxiety, it's fear, it's depression. The table, the place you eat your food and supposedly are, are nourished by the food you eat and, and given strength and life is now under the counsel of divination because the table you're eating from is GMO'd and poison food, fast food, fake food, lies sprinkled with all kinds of carcinogens and all kinds of uh, poisons. But you're eating it. It tastes good. It you want more. It's bad for you. But you. But that's the divination. He because it it tastes good. It looks wonderful. It's perfectly formed. It's not that old yucky organic stuff that's lumpy and not as pretty and not as whatever. And so it's so the table becomes a snare. And also at the table, you not just eat food. You also do contracts and you have conversations. So everything you do at the table becomes a snare to you. Because why? You have refused the love of the truth. You refuse the love of the truth. And therefore, you believe the strong delusion, the spirit of stupor, the spirit of error, the spirit of lies, uh, the spirit of legalism. Just like the Pharisees, they, they, they didn't believe Jesus Christ standing in front of them. They rejected the truth. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, yeah. but test the spirits whether they are of God, because <laughs> many false prophets have gone out into the world. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that, you know, that we're to judge prophecies, okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to, and how do we do it? We have to, we do it according, does it fit according to the written word, word of, God. of God in its proper context? But most people don't know the Satan, word of God. Satan uses the word of God. He used the word of God in tempting Jesus in the wilderness. They read devotionals and they read or listen to the regurgitated versions of whatever their preachers or pastors are telling them for the most part. Some pastors are really good, but not too many of them. And So, so test, test the spirits. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it, it's not, well, you know, who am I to judge? 
Yes, you're you not are, judging. You, you're you, discerning. You are to d- discern. That's Absolutely. what the gift is discern. But the thing is, spirits. you get, you back off and don't confront this because you think, who am I to judge? It might be okay. But when you know, mm-hmm. Peter dealt with it. I think we've done that from the, in the church for a long time. Well, well, we don't want to judge. We don't want to call it out. So we don't call out sin. We don't call it error. Like Peter did to the sorcerer. Let it go. He just hit him right there with it. He didn't let this thing go on in the church. And then sorcerer Peter, uh, Simon, I should say, gathers a group to himself. And now we have a big split in the church. Peter, the apostle, laid it out. He sought for what it was. He Paul sought for what it was and cast out a spirit of divination. But here, wrapping it all up, this has all got a purpose, and we're in the purpose right now of Revelations. And in chapter 13, there's another one who's going to come with this lying signs and wonders, and it says in verse 13, 13, he, uh, this would be the, um, exercises all the authority of the first beast. It's, a, it's the second beast. Uh, causes the earth and those who dwell in to worship the first beast. Uh, he performs great signs so that even makes what fire come down from heaven on the earth, in the sight of people. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those things which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, you know, and cause as many as would not worship it, the image of the beast, to be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. Wow, whoa, 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 that they couldn't buy or sell except if they had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, we're right there. We're just just, just right there. We're just right there with all these passports and, uh, you know. Vaccine passport. Right. And so the thing is, this is a sorcerer. This beast, the second beast is going to, it's called on fire, signs, lying signs, and words to perverse, uh, to, uh, to deceive, if possible, the very elect. But the very elect are going to, by the grace and spirit of the Holy One of Israel, be alerted, alarmed, and God hoping, praying that they will respond to the, the warnings of the Lord and move out of harm's way and not fall for this worshiping of the beast. So that's, but look at now. I mean, the, this isn't even yet the mark, and we're jumping through the hoops of the Antichrist, the spirit of divination. She's mm-hmm. got us where she wants us for the most part, except if you stand up. And I know a lot of people are standing up. And I know there's a lot of people that uh, we think are there's more out there of them who are falling for all this when, than maybe there are. Um, I think of one of the prophets, he said, his servant said, oh, man, we're so outnumbered and and." and <laughs> Elijah. Elijah, he said, he and said God says there's 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to bow. Well, and he also let him see in the in the heavenlies at that moment, and they were surrounded by all these angels when, in fact, the Elijah, servant thought yeah. was there was going to be a, a bloodbath. And, and also calling down fire, Elijah called down fire from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit to consume the sacrifice. So we see that, you know, this calling down fire, the enemy is going to imitate Everything God does. He's always got his counterfeits to imitate, to deceive. If possible, I said, like I said, the very elect. So the thing is, look at where we're going. Look at what, and here's the, how do you know if it's a spirit of divination? How do you try the spirit? Number one, the fruit. fruit, Yeah, the fruit of it. Buy their fruits and you think, watch for the fruit. Don't just accept everything. And don't just. Watch for the fruit. And don't make excuses for the fruit. Oh, well, you know, they're just, no, they're just this, they're just that. They're they just, yeah. Don't quit make, making excuses. Don't make excuses. For yourself either. And then another thing is. Because we're not doing any people any favors when you just let them get by. We're not here to 
be perfect and tell you what to do. We're here to say we're the servants of the Lord and the truth sets you free. And if you're not free, you're not free. And don't pretend like you're free when you're not free. And most people will pretend like they're free when they're not free until they can't go any further and their body says, I can't do this anymore. And they're all crammed full of poisons and toxins and EMFs and, and, and they're just at the, point, at the brink of death. Then they want to do something different. But, you know, a lot of times there isn't anything different they can do. Right. Except so, prepare to meet their God. So the two things that you re- recognize the spirit of divination is that you buy their fruits, you shall know them. Watch for the fruit. Don't just say it looks good right now, mm-hmm. but just weigh it. Weigh it. And the other uh, thing is the spirit of, an, of annoyance. Annoyance. If and if it, uh, if it doesn't bring freedom, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, if, it bring, if it's part of, and if you think you have a spirit of divination, you probably, I don't know if you do or not, some, a lot of Christians do. And you know what? Personally, when I'm around them, if I'm around them for a little bit of time where I can, you know, kind of just get to, to know or sense what's going on, you if get the, annoyed. I get annoyed. So if you get annoyed uh, by these people, and of course, there's a lot of unsaved people that are quite annoying because they're practicing witchcraft straight out. But um, it's, it, I think that's the, the most deadly are the ones who pretend to be Christians and don't even know, don't know, they do not even know themselves that they have a spirit of divination. So that's why the gift of discerning of spirits is we need that one. We need people to be able to call that out and say, whoa, this is not right. Whoa, this is a, like Paul, like, like, uh, Paul did and like Peter did. You, you are, your heart is poisoned with bitterness and iniquity. Now you say, whoa, that wasn't very nice to say. Well, that saved the man's life. It was the truth. It could have yeah. saved Simon the sorcerer's life from hell. It could have saved the church from being split right there. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you help us as your people, have proper discerning of spirits. You said to test the spirits. You didn't say to just, you know, be critical in the in in the in a human way, but you said test the spirits by the Spirit of God. So, Lord, we pray by the word, by your spirit, help us to test these spirits, not to fall for divination. Mm-hmm. Father, anybody that's been involved with this, that's practicing this right now consciously or unconsciously or you, you, you're revealing it to them now <clears throat> set them free father in the name that of they Jesus. will not make excuses father and that, god and that in Ooh. this swill of gaslighting and divination that's yeah. going on in our world even in the churches lord i pray that you would just help us to see clearly yes. in these days yes. open our eyes yes that we will walk uh, with you purely and clearly with you and Father. give us your wisdom because these things are treacherous lord and even as paul and peter dealt with them there was backlash there was riots so father we pray for <laughs> divine wisdom and ways of escape jesus you are the way so you must be the way of escape and god you're the escape from death so when you're dealing with divination whether it's in a loved one uh well if it's in yourself you can get rid of that pretty easy if you just repent but if it's in your situation, your workplace, whatever it is, we pray for divine protection and wisdom and don't engage them unless the Lord directs you, especially if it's not pertaining to, I mean, a brother or a sister um, and if they're not ready to receive it, Father. So give us wisdom. We thank you for your word and we bind this spirit of divination, deception yes. all through this nation, this world. Father, we pray that your holy angels would bind it, that you we forbid it to continue its operation. You said bind and loose. Whatever you bind, whatever you loose, I give you power over the enemy. So, Father, we give you back the power and declare, according to our agreement with you, 
that you will take authority over these spirits that have blinded the hearts and the eyes and the minds of the believers, of the unbelievers, God, that your work and your will would be done in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.